Hello, may I welcome you to episode 79 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discuss how my guest began within the industry by helping out his father at weekends in his parents' removal company from the age of 10. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end moving matters with a funny moving story regarding every mover's necessity for the job, a cuppa. My guest this episode is James Tutton, Managing Director of Chelmsford Removals. Enjoy. Good morning, James. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you this morning? Colin, I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? Of course. So my name's James Tutton and I'm 43, live in East London. I've been in the industry since I was 10. So what's that, 33 years? But uh, I haven't been in full time during the whole time. I've had my company for 16 years and I have two limited companies. One is Chumps Removals Limited, the one I started 16 years ago, and one I acquired in 2019, which is Movement Removals Limited. Where were they based? Uh, they're both in Essex. So Chumpsford obviously is in Chumpsford. We're lucky enough to have somewhere quite central in Chelmsford itself, and Move It Removals is in Southend. Ah, right, okay. So how did you get started within the industry? Well, I might take a step back. It's quite a long story, so please forgive me. So casting my back into the 70s and 80s, my dad was one of those car dealers, one of those second-hand car dealers. Um, he had sort of Del Boy and Arthur Daly as his role model. <laughs> and um, in the late 20s, he built up a car site, well, four car sites in Essex, selling loads of cars, doing really great. I was just a kid at this time. And I remember living, I've got a vague memory of living in a huge house in the country. And it was so big, I couldn't see the end of the garden. That was my sort of early childhood. And then one day the tax man came knocking. And oh. it turned out, I, I now know this, of course, but my dad didn't pay any VAT. Um, I thought he might get away with it somehow. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> and I, even now he like cringes at what, what he was doing back then. So basically he lost it all. We moved out, I had to sell the house, sell the car site, sell the cars to pay the fines. He sort of narrowly avoided going bankrupt. And we went into a rented house in Chelmsford. And he started over from scratch again. And he started buying and selling cars off of his driveway. And one day he took a three and a half ton transit van as part exchange for a car that he'd sold and instead of selling it on for a profit being the entrepreneur he is he, he, he uh, stuck a, an ad in the paper and he started getting bookings for removals I had no idea how to do it oh wow yep and started doing removals and then he took on sorry he carries on this story a little bit and uh he had took on a business partner called Dodgy Don and that was his real, real name <laughs> And, and they started Springfield removals, and, and that was what they did for a while. And then, unsurprisingly, Dodgy Don turned out to be a little bit too dodgy, and, and they sort of parted ways. And then my mum actually got involved with the company at that stage, and my mum and dad, they built up handy removals, and it did quite well. 
for a number of years. And I used to work for them, of course, you know, as a kid. Like I mentioned earlier, I did my first move at 10. And I used to work for them for the weekends and stuff. You know, when I was between work or while I was serving in the army. And um, yeah, so they sold up and sort of semi-retired while I was serving in the army. And when I left the army, there's sort of two things I know what to do. And one is to direct artillery fire onto an enemy target. Or the other one is to carry out a house move. So I um, got Similar. my house. Yeah, well, a little bit different. <laughs> and I got my uh, HGV license while I served in the army, so I started oh, charge cool. removals. Twenty six, I bought a van and started from scratch. But before then, I worked for Pickford, kind of undercover for six months or so. I got a job as a class two driver just so I could gain a bit of, bit of a another perspective within the industry, so I could learn a bit more about delivering service. You know. Nice move. Nice move. Yeah. There's been a few people on the podcast that do say that if they could start again, they would go for a bigger company or another company rather and learn their trade that way rather than jumping straight into the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was good going to work for Pick as well because it's obviously a far different organization to my parents' company. And I like to think that I sort of blended the two different styles, the sort of the agile, smaller company, but with sort of the standards that Pickford's was trying to put across. So what happened to your mum and dad's removal company? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So before I, sold the arm, um, before I left the army, sorry, they sold it, I think, to a company called Team Relocate, or they changed it to Team Relocate. And I think they got sold again to another company and it doesn't exist anymore. All right. Yeah. So can you tell everybody about your company or companies and the services they offer? Yes. Yeah, so both companies are very similar that they... Uh, 90% domestic removals and storage. Of course, like the ancillary services like packing and disassembly, reassembly. And we do some commercial moving and we do some sort of um, trade moving as well. How many vehicles do you run, James? Uh, we've got 12 vehicles that we, like chargeable vehicles, sort of three and a half tonne and above, up, up yeah. to 18 tonne. And then some extra sort of runarounds and cars and bits and bobs. And labour force? What's the size of the labour force? Uh, we're sort of 20 men that we have, sort of about 35 people in the company, give or take at the moment. Wow. Yeah. And you've grown that over the last 16 years? Yes. From scratch? From scratch. It was just me in the van and I some leaflets I had printed up and I'd jump on my push bike and I'd cycle around my local estate, put them through sold and for sale signs back in the day. So that's how I started, yeah. Good on you. Good on you. Thank you. Do you do storage as well then, James? Yes. In both locations, we have storage, about 460 containers, the traditional 250 cubic feet. Nice. Any self-storage units at all? No, no, we don't. It's not Our locations aren't really geared up well for self-storage. Right. Yeah. But that's something that I would like to look into in the future. So you don't do international or European then? No, it's a sort of dark art that I don't really know how to do. Uh, but it's something that I think is a potential opportunity that we could do in the future. Certainly if I were to acquire another business that's already doing that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe international more than European. European yeah, seems perhaps, a lot yeah. harder these days with getting a truck <laughs> overseas and back again. I, I must admit, I do see the BAR updates because with both companies BAR, there's regular emails telling us about what's going on and there's so many about the regulation of sending vehicles into Europe 
and I'm, I'm so glad just to delete those emails because they're not relevant to me and I don't have to deal with that headache. So I'm going to ask you now, why are you a member of the BAR? Good question. In my view, and I know everyone has different views on this, the BAR is the only sort of removals trade organisation that's recognised by Trade and Standards, which is a government body. So, And it's a non-profit. It's owned by the, uh, the members as board that run it. And I think it's probably the most thorough trade organisation that we have. And I wanted to join the best one or the hardest one to get into. And how long have you been a member, James? Um, 2014, I think we joined. And when I bought Move Removals in 2019, I got that on to the BAR the same year. Would you recommend membership? I would, you know, yeah. Good. I, I think it's reasonable on what they charge. And I think there are plenty of benefits to it. Yes, definitely. And I think to our clients, of course, when you're trying to get them to buy from you, of course, you're going to say your company's fantastic, but it's a way to say, look, okay, look at our reviews, but also we have this level of regulation too. So, you know, you have peace of mind that you're buying from a reptile company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what challenges have you had to overcome then, James? Um, none. It's been really easy. No. I'll, I'll <laughs> Let me ask that question again. What challenges yeah, yeah. have you had to overcome then, James? <laughs> well, it's probably easier to sort of uh, list out the challenges that I haven't had to deal with because I think any of us that started a removal company have had everything to deal with. But probably the biggest one, sort of the advantage I've had in, in business of starting it quite young. I started at 26, which has been fantastic. But that came with the disadvantage that I, in the early days, I couldn't really afford to employ, let's be honest, the best removal men that I could get hold of or attract them to come and work for my tiny little organization. So I was there running jobs and I had these men working for me and yeah, it's just trying to sort of motivate them and do the job properly and look after our clients. And so, yeah, that was the sort of the biggest challenge I had in those early days, but now, you know, it's, it's completely different. I couldn't be proud of my men that work for me. And do you put them all through training and stuff like that from BAR training? So we don't actually, but there's something I'd like to do more of, for sure. We do quite an intense in-house training service, which I still deliver. It's one of the few operational jobs that I still do myself uh, right. within the company. So I deliver that. You know, we have our own training China where I cleared out a, uh, a charity shop's worth of China once, bought it all for everyone to practice on. For example, we have a 20-page document on how how everyone should operate we're quite keen on on that side of things but i think to be honest with you i would one way to improve the company now would be to send more of my staff onto the training with bar training for sure so if you could change anything from your moving past what would it be from a personal perspective i think i would have taken much greater care of my back <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i don't think i'm the only removal man to to, no. to to say this really but from you know in the army that they, they teach you to lead from the front and so sometimes in the early days when i had this staff that weren't that well motivated i would maybe overlift or overwork try and motivate by them and say well if i'm doing thing, then uh, you're doing it sort of thing but i think i did this too much i did i've popped a few discs um luckily they're pretty good right now and have been for quite a while. And actually back well-being, actually looking after your health 
is part of our standard training yeah. for onboarding new recruits. To change something from a business perspective, I think if I were to start this company again, I would have focused on storage much sooner. I think I, I focused too much on the removal side of thing and didn't properly set up good storage in, in those earlier years, you know. So how long did it take from setting up your own business to going into storage? We didn't get our own storage warehouse until 2013. Right. So yeah, so that was a good six years there where we were subcontracting our storage with other self-storage businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So we were offering it, but we weren't really doing it properly, you know. I suppose it's difficult to offer right from the word go because then you don't have the containerized vehicles as such. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're double handling everything, aren't you? If you're yeah. doing it on the three and a half tonners and the vans yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. Um, um, who knows? But I, I think I think looking back at it, I could have, in truth, I could have done it at least a couple of years sooner than what I actually did. Really? Yeah. So what is your high point of being within the industry? There's been a few, but growing a company much bigger than my dad is a uh, been fantastic so um so when he offers me um, unsolicited advice i, I, I just <laughs> remind him my, my company's soundly larger than what his ever was <laughs> but, that's, that's, but that's like a dad and son thing but i could think of a few actually getting the warehouse in central trumps and i remember getting the keys for it and walking in and then just i remember i was i was on my own on a saturday just sat in it and just couldn't believe i had this much space to play with and I think, yeah, sort of joining the BIR, the recognition of that the company that I started was actually good and legitimate. I think that was uh, definitely a, a big high point as well. And being able to take over Mover It Movals in 2019, I like knew the brothers well. And when, when they wanted to sell up, then that was the first person that they uh, came to. And I got a good deal and I was able to grow the company and improve it and do well. So do both companies compete with one another? No, we, we market separately right and we market in different geographical areas so we rarely yeah. ever quote for the same job twice and we're honest with our clients if someone calls chumps removals wants to quote and what calls the other company they will say oh actually we actually have you already booked in and then we explain the situation yeah yeah so going back to your warehouse mm -hmm. when you're standing there with all of that space were yeah. you not terrified as well yeah it was a bit yeah because obviously there's a lease there and you have a commitment. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it, was, it was a little bit terrifying, but I definitely had more excitement than, than fear at the time, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So what one thing would you change within the moving industry? I'm going to give you a magic wand, James. Magic wand. I mean, imagine that power. It'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me... It's a standardized system in which removal companies are recognized as a removal company compared to companies or outfits that claim they're a removal company, but are clearly not. They are a courier service at worst, a man and van service at best in often cases, and maybe even a certain well-known website that promotes this and kind of, I think, misleads the public in thinking that they've booked a proper removal company when they absolutely haven't. And when there's so much at stake, especially when someone is moving within the chain and there's the whole key situation on, on a day, they can be really let down and they're actually quite vulnerable. 
during the moving process. And I think it's our responsibility as profit removal companies to serve our clients in their time of need. But yeah, so a recognition system. So everyone knows what they're booking is going to be the reality that actually carries out this service for them on the day. So going back to these people that use this well-known website that we're not going to mention, but everybody can probably guess. Yeah. Don't you also then think that, well, if you're going to use a service off there, then serves you bloody right? Yeah, to an extent. But I think, I think well-meaning people are, are thinking that they've got a genuine bargain and then they buy from these people. They don't know. But you're on an auction site at the end of the day. Yeah, I know, I know, but still, I, 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 as as much as I would like to just say, well, good luck to you, um, tough luck. Uh, I think, I think there should be a sort of differential, sort of way in which you can say things. So, for example, a gas fitter can't fit a gas appliance unless they're gas safe registered, correct? And, and the public know not to buy from someone who isn't gas safe registered. Yeah, it's just a way of. Put a bit of safety in there for people, you know. But still, people with vans are still going to move. And that's great. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, if, if people with vans, and if people want to do courier service and man the van service, then that's all good and fair yeah. play to you. But don't claim that you're a removal company if you're not. No, true, true. So what advice would you give yourself just starting out in the industry again? Um, I think... Business ed- education, I think, is really key. I'm, I'm assuming that your question means you're starting out, starting your own company, just like I did, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, to learn as much about business as possible. And there's so many avenues in which you can learn. And it's enjoyable often. And the removals industry itself, to, to learn as much as you can about the industry. And then I would say, and, and from that point, get really good at your numbers both tracking them and analyzing the data that comes into you. The numbers give you the truth, really. And Definitely. then from there, then like you can make key decisions on what you want to do with your business. I'm finding more and more companies now want to know their costs. And that's a good thing for the industry. Absolutely. They want 100%. to know the costs. Yes. But there's still, there's a few out there that are still doing Mickey Mouse costs, which is obviously going to give them Mickey Mouse yeah. figures back. That's right, yeah. Like, so they um, still need educating a little bit more. Yeah. I uh, took a business advisor on about 2012, and he's only with me for about six months. But in that time, he gave me what I needed to grow my company how it is now. But I so wish that I had someone like that educating me from an earlier point in my business. And you mentioned before about going to Pickford's for six months. Mm. Do you think that really helped you as well? I think so, from, a, from an operational delivery point of view because I was just a class two driver yeah I didn't really learn anything about the sort of the 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 managerial side of things while I was there but yeah and it was great and they sent me some great courses which I've managed to pass that knowledge on where do you see yourself in the industry in the next five years let's start with yourself James Whilst I'm 43 so I think I still got another 10 years of of, um, push in this before I one day I get to a dizzy height of being a chairman of the board, perhaps. But <laughs> I'm, I'm actually at the moment, I'm getting the company ready for another acquisition. I think the time is right for us to buy again, but probably ideally next year would be good for us. You know, the company took a group that has a few different 
companies that are held by the group. So I, I like to follow that model and then perhaps along the way to buy our own warehouse. So that's what I'd like to be in five years. Would that then be finding a company local or would you want to go further afield this time? I would like probably one or two scenarios, probably either competitor, to be honest with you, would be great. A larger share of the local market or a, a complementary area to what I have to Chelmsford and South End. So that'd be sort of like just over the water in Kent or Cambridgeshire or somewhere in, into East London, then that would be good. So if you are listening to this podcast right now and you do want to set up, then please, <laughs> please give me a call. <laughs> oh dear. And the industry, where do you see the industry in five years? Do you see any changes at all? Yeah. Five years from now, I think, to be honest with you, the industry would be about the same. I think it would be more or less how it is now. Ten years from now, who knows? I can see autonomous electric trucks or some other power-fueled trucks, AI-controlled moving robots. Who knows? I, I think there'll be some big things, but five years from now, I, I don't think there'll be a huge amount of change within the industry. See, I don't, I don't see these AI robots or these robots <laughs> helping. I, I saw them at Goodwood a couple of years ago, loading things into the back of a Ford Transit van, and no. <laughs> I <laughs> just right. don't see it. I, I sorry, I don't see it. I don't even see it for just Korea. I don't see it for like DPD or Amazon or whatever. I, I just don't. I just don't. Well, Hopefully, I'm proved wrong, but I just who knows? I mean, I mean, or, or maybe even if it isn't just a, a crew of uh, AI controlled moving robots, which, quite frankly, I do agree with you, is probably is a bit far fetched. Some other technology like that that can help our crews and lessen the work that they have to endure because it is physically a very hard job. It is. It would save us trying to recruit, that's for sure. Yeah. Which brings yeah. us on to another subject of how do we recruit people in an industry that could be taken over by robots? <laughs> I mean, drivers <laughs> is hard enough when they were talking autonomous vehicles. We're not going to need drivers. So, But then I guess the question is, would you need to recruit them if you have the AI-controlled robots? I don't think I'd like a robot walking around my house. How do you, how do you interact with <laughs> a robot? Yeah. I quite yeah, like the it's... robot hoovers and stuff like that. but Yeah, it all, it all sounds a bit um, iRobot and uh, dystopian, doesn't it? Oh, But I'm only really joking about the AR control and moving robots. Basically, my, my point is five years from now, I think it'll be about the same. Ten yeah. years from now, I think there will be some big changes, especially with the vehicles that we run, you know? Yeah, the actual lifting and shifting of furniture, I can't. I personally can't see any change, but I do think technology will play an even bigger part in the next five years, as lots of guests have already stated. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. You're not on any of the committees for the BAR, are you? Uh, no, no, no. I was the chairman of the East Met area for a while, but that's been put in suspended animation at the moment because I've stepped down as a chairman and no one was willing to step up. So would you like to get on any of the committees of the BAR or the board of directors and things like that? Is that something that would interest you? Maybe, but I'm not really one for committees, to be honest with you. I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like being the dictator of my own business. So I, I wonder if I might, if I might get frustrated I have a very good friend that would say exactly the same. He's not into <laughs> committees. He would rather be the decision maker. Yeah, yeah. 
And but I'm really glad they're there. So I, I know I'm, I'm probably, I know it's probably a bit selfish of me. I'm, I'm glad they're there and I'm glad of what they do. But am I willing to do it? Probably not, to be honest with you. to to explain i I have four kids and two limited companies and a company i want to grow so i feel as if i'm at capacity yeah you don't have the time you don't have the time available yeah like maybe when i have gotten to that uh that chairman uh, position of my board in my sort of mid 50s then maybe then who knows you're not on the front line of your company anymore are you you're not hands-on furniture no, no, I uh, stopped that years ago. I, I, I really, I'm, I'm the carry out the roles of the manager director, yeah, and probably finance director, marketing manager. They're the sort of main <laughs> things that I sort of concentrate on, and then of course the obviously manage the management team. So, what do you do outside of the industry to switch off, then, James, with your four children and two limited companies? And <laughs> yeah, I made a big switch in my life a few years ago, and I think I've managed to get a good work life balance thing going on. I work about 38 hours in, in my company, which is good. It gives me some time. So, yeah, I, I like doing the normal things like most people. I like having a beer with my mates or a glass of wine with the wife in the evening. That's a great way to switch off and unwind. But my other thing I like doing is I love fitness challenges. It might sound a bit weird, but I do CrossFit. And from time to time, I compete for fun and sometimes I get like a weird urge just to go off and do something underprepared, just see if I can do it. So I like, I've done like a few like long bike rides that I just didn't prepare for and just to see if I could go, like I'll, I'll just borrow a bike from my cousin and just set off and see how far I could get. So this isn't a proper road bike, it's actually you've just gone and borrowed a bike to use to go and try. I borrowed a proper road bike. All right. <laughs> And this one particular occasion, which I'm thinking of right now, yeah, like I've actually rid one before. I just rid like a normal bike from, from time to time. And uh, yeah, I, I set off my house in London and for Exeter. And I, over three days, just slogged it. And oh my I was, word. I know. Doing a removal is easier, isn't it? I know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I wouldn't want to do it again, but I'm glad I did it. Rather you than me there, James. Yeah. Anything else in your free time? No, that's pretty much it, really. Like, it's tied up with those sort of main three things. It's my you know, my family life, my children, my wife, my business, and, and my leisure time. You know, my, my fitness is really important to me. I'm, I'm like one of those people that, that puts on weight really easily. So, so if I don't exercise regularly, I really balloon out, you know. Yeah, there's my problem. You summed it yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> isn't the case Colin you're, you're a fine figure of the man believe me <laughs> <laughs> thank you James thank you the money's in the post <laughs> right, thanks. All right, it just all right. won't be delivered on a Saturday apparently these days <laughs> but we'll see. and finally I like to end my podcast with a funny moving story do you have one or more to tell mm, I can think of one there's a few but I can't repeat them here I'm sure you can we no. have had some corkers yeah, I've had some X-rated ones, okay. but many people come on and they're too afraid to tell. Well, I I did kind of run this one past my wife, and she was like, "You cannot tell that story." No, Trust me, no, you can. It'd be no, fine. No, you can't say that. You can't say that. So then I've settled on this. I do have one that mine actually that is all right, but this is one from back when I was working part time casually for, for my dad's company. We're on like a local domestic move. And for some reason, the client just wouldn't make us a cup of tea. 
and they wouldn't put their dog away. You know, they, they just had this grumpy, like slow old dog just getting in the way the whole move and despite us sort of asking her too politely. Um, so late in the day, this dog wandered onto our ramp. One of the men, George, he's one of those massive removal men. You know, one of those men that have forearms as thick as your thigh, you know, that absolutely ginormous <laughs> lumps of a man. And, and he uh, grabbed a bit of packing paper and he wrote our tea order out on it. And he grabbed this dog. <laughs> and like he got, he, he got this dog and taped the note to the dog's collar and pushed it, kind of ushered it back into the house with a slight kick up the bum. <laughs> and then like we, we started loading up the garden and 15 minutes later, we got a tray full of tea and biscuits. <laughs> finally, finally, the message nice. came through. Yeah. Nice, I like that one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People should know that removal men like to have a drink of tea. Obviously, they like yeah. a beer as well, but not on the job. Yeah. But surely the kettle, oh, I was always told the kettle is the last thing you pack. That's it. Well, yeah, in, in most cases, thankfully, most people are great. In uh, some cases, you have to stop them from making so much tea. But yeah, you do get the odd one, right? Well. Thank God there was a dog there to pin the note to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor old boy. Any other stories at all? Um, no, I cannot. Re- no, I can't think of any right now. Sorry, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried. I couldn't get that one out of you, but I tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, James, thank you very much for giving up your time this morning to record an episode with me. I truly appreciate it. No problem, Colin. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 79 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice. And please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to James Tutton of Chelmsford Removals for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, James. If you would like to know more about Chelmsford Removals and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that could be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage movingmatterspodcast.co.uk Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving. <laughs>